4: Yeah, this is the song I was talking this about. This is Jay. the song you were talking. It's a better scene for <laughs> Goodfellas. Yeah,
5: and maybe a better song. I mean, they're both great. Maybe. Both clapped and both great yeah. songs. But
4: De Niro at the bar, he's got the cigarette. His eyes are all shifty. He's, he knows things are starting to get a little dicey. Dicey. <laughs> it's a great scene. All right, Jedediah Cameron and John Ritchie. Hey, life advice with the hammer coming up at nine fifteen today. The key, of course, is get a scenario in on Facebook, Twitter, or the text line what you need help with. Uh, Seltzer will choose one scenario for life advice today at 9.15. We'll do that every Thursday in the 9 o'clock hour. I'll give you a piece of life advice right now. If you want to know about uh, Andrew Painter's uh, first start with the Philly or first performance with the Phillies uh, in, uh, in, in spring training this year, get a first hand report from someone who was there and from someone who also was a catcher in Major League Baseball, caught a lot of pitchers, including a, y- a lot of young pitchers, and a great Phillies announcer and one of our own here on the WIP Morning Show, Mr. Ben Davis from Clearwater. How you doing, Ben?
6: Top of the morning to you. Ah, uh, you too, buddy. And
5: the rest of the day to yourself. <laughs> you Thank
6: got- you. Thank you, John. <laughs> I just, first of all, I just want to say, Joe, I just feel rejuvenated. I feel refreshed. You allow me to sleep that extra 20 minutes. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of the day.
2: So I texted,
4: John, I texted Ben yesterday. I said, hey, can you do 7 o'clock? He's like, man, 7.20 would really help me. I'm like, 7.20 it is. Ben, honestly, you could have pushed it to
2: 7.40.
4: We could have moved Howard Eskin. Believe me, I was looking for you to say 8. I'm sure that would have gone
7: well. Howard's whole call would have been how you moved him. would have been 10 minutes on moving him.
4: I was going to kick Eskin the next week. Anyway, Ben, no, we, we appreciate it. I said, Ben, let's get to it. You were there. You saw Painter. Uh, We know, you know, essentially it was, you know, two innings and one run. Um, But what did you see yesterday? What stood out to you from the young 19-year-old?
6: I saw composure. And that is something you're thinking, okay, I'm 19 years old. I mean, what were you doing when you were 19 years old, for crying out loud? You know, he's a 19-year-old trying to make a big league ball club in a big stadium against a lineup full of really good hitters. And he had composure. Uh, The stuff was there. He was sitting at 97, 98, he touched 99. Uh, he was very happy with his new cutter that he that he was throwing. Uh, he got a strikeout with that pitch. Um, he, he gave up the one run, but it was a couple of bleeders early in that game. Um, but I saw a guy that was very composed to be 19 years old and his command was there. The fastball obviously had a lot of life to it. Garrett Stubb spoke volumes about him and, and what he could possibly potentially be. Um, I just You have to be very, very uh, happy and, and pleased about what you saw yesterday and and what a future this kid has. Oh, my goodness.
5: Ben, the word is that Painter has five-plus pitches. How unusual is that, especially for
6: a 19-year-old? It's very unusual. And, you know, does he need five pitches? Probably not. He didn't throw any curveballs, and he didn't throw any change-ups yesterday. Uh, Gary Stubbs said he wanted to make him feel comfortable out there and stick with his bread and butter. Uh, a lot of first-pitch fastballs. And, um, you know, that that's something I can understand. Garrett's been around. He knows how to handle younger pitchers. And, um, you know, he just wanted to make him feel comfortable out there. And, listen, if I'm throwing 99, I'm going to feel pretty comfortable with myself. So yeah. I think that's something that he was able to stick to. But, again, the composure that this 19-year-old kid shows, we had Zach Wheeler on our broadcast the other day, and we were asking him about Tanner. And he said he doesn't act like a 19-year-old. And he said, but in a good way. You know, he's not immature. He asks questions when, when need be. Um, he's just, he gets it. The guy gets it. The guy's good.
5: What is a realistic schedule for us to expect for, for this team to, you know, plan on bringing him up? How and when?
6: Well, from the reports I'm reading and what I've seen, I went and saw, uh, I went and saw him thrown on, on the, practice field, uh, last week, last Saturday before the, before our first broadcast, He was on one of the backfields. He threw two innings, him and Mark Appel. And I'm just sitting there behind home plate watching, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, these guys got no chance. Um, hmm. it's, from what I'm reading and, and looking at, I, I don't see any reason why he doesn't break camp with them. Now, wow. If it really, it, if it really is, I know, it, and that's the, that's the surprising thing, because if you're looking at it, it's so basically it's between him and Bailey Falter. And Bailey Falter had a great last 10 starts of the season. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at all these off days, and they're, they're possibly talking about going with a six-man rotation as well that's going to even limit his innings that much more. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're talking about a six man rotation, all these off days, I mean, there's so many off days in the beginning you know, of the seasons now. And even if that, they have that off, day, they you they could possibly skip a start. So there is a way to limit the innings and they're going to have to limit the innings. I mean, again, the kid is 19. He won't be 20 till mid April. So there is a, a way to do it. His stuff is, it's, it's major league ready. But, and I've, I've seen enough to know that I know, wow. and you know, it's, it's it's that good. It's wow. That
4: good. That's great to hear. I mean, listen, him with Wheeler and Nolan, potentially for years to come, plus Ranger, plus Walker. I mean, that's, that's exciting. Ben Davis with us right now from Clearwater. He saw Andrew Painter's debut yesterday in spring training. So, Ben, let's, let's talk about um, the other stuff, because you're talking about the stuff, and that's awesome. But then let's, let's reference Bull Durham. Great movie, great sports movie, baseball. And basically that movie is about not what the pitcher throws, but how he handles everything else. How much does that stuff matter in the decision when to, when to bring him up? Learning how to move through failure. Learning how to be a teammate amongst men when you're 19 years old. How how does that stuff factor in to what will ultimately be the Phillies' decision of when to bring him up?
6: So it's a big factor. And what I think is is good for him on his a- aspect is the fact that these guys are so prepared now. I mean, the, the Phillies has done such a good job of, of preparing. And Rob Thompson, Caleb Cotham, I mean – I talked to Caleb last Saturday for a half hour, and he was so – he has these guys so in tune with the new regulations, with the new pitch timer, and how to handle it, and, and how, the, how they can throw hitters, timers off, hitters' timing off, and all those types of things. He will be prepared, and I don't think they'll overwhelm him with things, but there's also a lot of – there's a veteran presence on this ball club. Bryce Harper, J.T. Romito, having J.T. Romito behind the plate, if he is, is to start, and even Garrett Stubbs. I mean, that is such an advantage for a younger pitcher to kind, kind of cool him down and say, hey, man, this is what we're going to be, you know, relaxed. I know it's easier said than done, but he's got that makeup. Andrew Painter has that makeup. And the other thing from a physical attribute is he doesn't look like a 19-year-old. I mean, this guy is yeah. he's about six seven, but he's not gangly. And, like, he, this dude is put together. He's got a strong foundation, strong legs. He uses his legs really well. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like a 19-year-old. He just doesn't. Right. Uh, when I was 19, I was 6'5", 190 pounds. I mean, this kid is put together, you know, and I think that that's another big reason why I think he can make that jump. But I think the veteran leadership and this coaching staff is going to enable him to be productive and stay within himself at the big league level.
5: Ben, uh, other than Andrew, I- I'm always told not to get overexcited about what I see during spring training, but then I always get overexcited about some guys. Other than Andrew Painter, who is that guy that you're excited about this spring training?
8: I know
6: we've talked about him, you know, at length, but but Trey Turner has done in spring training. I mean, he looks like he's in mid-season form. Um, mm-hmm. He's played a tremendous shortstop. He is, you know, I watched him steal a bag last week. He was t- just timing the pitcher. Um, the guy can just beat you in so many different ways. I mean, this guy is so good. And, you know, he's. I mean, I think he's just touching the tip of the iceberg. This guy is, he's so dynamic in what he does. I mean, he is great. And I will say that some of the younger kids, and I'm not saying all these guys are going to be up at some point during the year, but I like the approach of some of these younger kids. I mean, they're hitting a lot of home runs, and that's great. I get it it's spring training, and the ball is flying. I mean, it's like an airport down here. But besides that, I mean, their, their approach is good. With the infields in, they're staying within themselves and staying up the middle, shortening their swing up, putting balls in play. But not. We heard Rob Thompson tell, tell us the other day. He's, what he's impressed with offensively, he's, he's not seen a lot of chases on breaking balls down in the dirt. Um, so that's kind of reassuring that these guys have a good feel of what they're doing up there. Uh, but I would say Trey Turner is really sticking out right now. I mean, he is just he – just, he's just going to make this ball club so much better. Ben,
4: one of the things John and I have talked a lot about today is I believe, and John disagrees with me, that this spring, whether it happened a week ago or this week, Rob Thompson should apologize to Zach Wheeler for pulling him out of Game 6. <laughs> I know John, as the player, thinks that undermines Rob Thompson's authority. I view it this way. Sirianni talks about connectivity, trust matters. If I'm Zach Wheeler – I'm still, I'm still really bothered by it. And, and if I'm the manager and I have a seven-month journey with this guy up ahead, I, I don't want my pitcher bothered by it with me. I want to address it. I want to tell him, hey, I made a mistake. I'm sorry I didn't trust you in that the biggest of moments. And let's move on. How would you handle it if you were Rob Thompson, Ben?
6: Yeah, maybe it was addressed between the two of them. Yeah, it, it might would, have been. We'll do, you we'll think, do, you know th- do you
4: think it warrants – it's not about warrants. Do you think it would be wise – for the manager to either address it with them or do so by way of the use of a, I'll use the term, an apology?
6: Yeah, I, I mean, knowing Rob Thompson, and the type of man he is and type of person, uh, I think it probably was addressed. And he said, you know, maybe Rob Thompson's hands were tied. Maybe that was the game plan from, from get sure. you know, for You know, maybe that was because he had to skip another two days before going out there and realizing that, hey, there's more baseball ahead. And I realize it was the World Series. I get that. But I think it probably was addressed, and maybe it's something moving forward that you know, maybe he comes out to the mound and, and Zach Lewis says, you know what, Skipper, i got enough left in the tank. We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't think it's, it's something that will affect Zach Lewis. If I know anything about this ball club is, is the fact that last year, last year, they moved on. That's in the rear view. They're worried about this year, and that's the biggest thing that I've seen this year in spring training is they, these guys aren't really talking about last year. They say, yeah, the run was great. It was great, but we want to get to a different level. Their whole motto is two more wins. And I understand that. And that's great that they can move on. You know, I'm anxious to see how the Eagles move on next year, having come short in the Super Bowl. Do they have it in the tank? They feel like they can get back there and and get to that next level. But that's one thing I've seen out of this ball club in spring training is the fact that they're not letting last year affect them at all. They're worried about this year and getting the work done day in and day out here in
4: Clearwater. Hey, Ben, great report, man. We look forward to having you on often. Obviously, probably sometime next week or two, whenever you're back, uh, we'll, we'll get you in here in studio for three hours, and uh, we love it, man. Have fun down there. Thanks, Ben. we
6: Will do it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right, there he
4: is, Ben.
0: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
4: And Davis. And you know, we're talking about this topic today in large part. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, we got Rhea, we got Seltzer, because um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson put out a tweet yesterday uh, after Elliot Sherparks Parks had put out a tweet about Jonathan Gannon and an audio of Gannon speaking at the Combine about the Super Bowl. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson put out a tweet that said, you ain't put us in position to make plays with the shrug emoji. And, of course, while that's noteworthy, it's not as noteworthy as it would be if Gannon was still the defensive coordinator. And if he was, Gardner Johnson probably would not have put it out there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a player expression frustration with a coach from a really big spot. This is not a regular season game in October in football. This was not a – the Phillies thing was not a May game before Memorial Day. I mean, this is game six of the World Series. Now, John, you disagree with me. You think it
5: does not warrant an apology. Why? It was what they talked about doing the entire World Series. That particular pocket they wanted to match left with left, and it was probably part of the plan. Uh, I, I also appreciate the fact that even though Zach Wheeler was rolling, we know that, that Topper is going to go with some analytics, and we know that the third time through an order, everyone trails off. Even Zach Wheeler who during the regular season he gave up uh, 722 ops to the third the third time through order wise i think this is this is topper being cautious this is topper being uh, doing a little extra managing, he felt was the right, wo- right oh, move. Oh, he, he believed the it, The World yeah. Series-worthy move. But it was bad. And you do not have to apologize. As the head coach, as the top, sorry, as the manager, yeah. as the head coach or manager yeah. or whatever you call it in your sport, yep. you are the, you are the
7: authority. John, you weren't going to win a World Series against the Houston Astros by being cautious. No, you just weren't. They're a there. better team. Exactly. You know. A great point there. Look, I just they needed it. a plan for yeah. that pocket, and this was his plan. Sure.
5: And and had Alvarado executed his pitches, yep. this would not be an issue. Well, well issue. Alvarado was bad. Yeah, but that's one, that's the biggest part of this. Well, no, the
4: Alvarado was bad. Is is the biggest part. He, he 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 missed his spot, and it was bad pitch, and we all know the effects. But you also knew that same spot in the batting order with uh, that uh, Alvarez guy was going to come back up around in the eighth. In all likelihood, or the ninth, and so I, I, and just with the way Wheeler was dealing, I just view it this way: you got your your your, your horse on the mound; he's dealing. Now, yeah, two guys have reached base. By the way, two good players. I mean, that Pena hits a single. I think it was up the middle. Uh, matter of fact, James, you got that audio. Let's just listen because we actually, Wechter, dug up the audio from the TV broadcast. Let's just—I hate to do it—we're not going to play the home run. But just no, we will not. <laughs> no. I will not. That I, would, I will mean. not hit the button. We're not going to play the home, home run. But just just to kind of feel the moment of the base hit that led to. And look, the crowd's going nuts. And yeah, it's a freaky spot. But I want my best pitcher to stay yep. on the mound. And I think Zach Wheeler is the best pitcher. Here's how that moment led up to it, right before the decision.
2: Jeremy Pena has been the last hitter that a pitcher face. Yeah, but. It hadn't worked out very well. No there was a reason he became the last hitter. He homered <laughs> to chase Noah Sindergaard single to chase Aaron Nola on this one. 0 Pena. Ground through base hit center field. Now two heads for third Beerling's throw comes into second Astros have him cornered and for the third time in six games in this World Series. It's Jeremy Pena putting the finishing touches on a Philly starter. Zach Wheeler's finished. Jose Alvarado's coming on to face your Don Alvarez. So, obviously,
4: what happened there is, you know, Rob Thompson came out. He makes the call to the lefty. Uh, we cut out about 10 seconds of the crowd, you know, continuing it. But, you know, we put the audio together. Basically, quickly, Rob Thompson comes out, calls for Alvarado, doesn't have the conversation with Wheeler where, where he gets to weigh in. He doesn't get to weigh in. Just going to the bullpen, and we all know how it ended. And I just... If I'm the horse, man, I'm saying to my skipper, dude, you didn't trust me. And, John, I get your point. Pockets of time, lefty on lefty. I get that. I'm not shirking that. But this was the sixth inning with the pitcher essentially having to that point that night dealt. He was firing fast, man. He had two extra days off. There's nothing to save him for. And I just view it like the manager didn't trust the star pitcher in that spot. And I think it needs to be addressed, and I think it would be addressed by
5: an apology. Everyone on that team understands that Topper was doing what he felt was in the best interest I agree. of the team. I agree. I agree with what you. What other that. players on the team should Topper be apologizing to? But there's to? no other who moment. This game did, six of who the who World else Series. Did he not trust in quotes. Not trust. The game plan is yeah. the game plan. He executed the game plan. It's not. It's not Matt
4: Vierling or Brandon Mars. Which one to start in center field? The problem
7: is when you knew it was a bad idea was when the Astros put the party hats on in the dugout when he left the game. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm just sorry. It happened two years before with Blake Snell. That was a mistake. This was a mistake.
4: It was definitely a mistake. All right, let's go to the phones. Um, this spring, whether it's already happened or not, and we don't know the answer, do you think it would be wise for Rob Thompson to address it with Zach Wheeler with six- to seven-month journey up ahead? I would hope he would. It would bother me if I'm Wheeler. Let's go to Ben in Millville. Millville. Ben, what do you make of this, man?
3: Hey, Joe, the camera. How are you sleeping, buddy?
4: You know what? Actually, incredibly good so far. I'm shocked. <laughs> I put these glass, dude. I, I put these glasses on, and they uh, really help turn my brain off. It's really amazing. Uh, technology, technology. Just close, turn your, close
3: the blinds, turn the light out, go to
4: sleep. Dude, I have a, I have a room with no blinds, no nothing, no window. It's actually a bad room to sleep. No, very little ventilation. It's not good.
3: No, that's not good. No.
5: Wait, well, we all, that's what is this sleep? room we're talking about? Very yeah. little ventilation. I'm, I'm like imagining a like a prison cell. It's, it's what was converted. Ria,
4: yeah, for, it was converted from a closet to a bedroom. <laughs> so walls removed. You're sleeping in a closet. Hold on. Yes. Is it underneath the stairwell? Yes. This, no. is no. this is Harry Potter. esque This is Harry Potter. that at your
3: mom's <laughs> house? Is that your baby room? No.
4: So this is I, I, I rent a studio, but the person that owns the studio about ten years ago moved walls around. To take a closet and expand it ever so much into a bedroom. So it's it's like a one bedroom, but it's technically a studio. Wow. Yeah, I sleep wow. in the closet. <laughs> you sleep, sleep in the closet. closet. Wow. Yeah. And the and lack of ventilation is a real problem, especially with what comes out of me. So it's like
3: the whole oh, all,
4: all sorts oh, of issues.
5: God. Yeah, like super hot in there too. It, it's a whole it's a whole
4: oh. a whole problem. All right, Ben, what do you got? should should, should there be an apology here?
3: Yeah, I guess you have no uh, house flies or any gnats. They just, you know, they die as soon as they hit that air probably. <laughs> ben, should he apologize oh. or not? <laughs> it was a managerial decision. It's baseball. There's like the color before. There's no crying in baseball. He made the decision. That's what happened. You're you can only you complaining about it now because we know the effect of it now. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, Dude, Ben, I complained
4: about it when his foot came out of the dugout. I went crazy with my friends. I could not believe, I could not believe Rob Thompson came out of that dugout and did not trust Zach Wheeler in that moment, who had pitched a great game. Yeah, Pena got a hit. Pena's a great player. Yeah, there was another great player coming up. I get it. I want my best pitcher, who had, what was it, James, 73 pitches? Yeah, it was in the 70s. Like, I want that guy on the mound. He can get you a strikeout. He can get you a double play. I'm going to use Alvarado in the eighth against Alvarez coming up two innings later. I couldn't forget the home run that had happened. Before the home run happened, Ben, I couldn't believe he didn't trust his best pitcher.
3: Yeah, I I was not happy with it, but, you know, you, yeah. it, you know it, but it, it was it, his it decision. So, you're, so, you're just gonna, was the right so Ben, you're not going to
4: address it with him? There was reason for it. You're going to address it with him. Boy, Ben, I I wouldn't want you as my manager. I'll tell you that, Ben. Oh, give me because that
3: because that's it, that's, how it, that's managerial. You, you don't say, hey, I'm sorry. Ben, I what's that, what's for my adverse mistake? Ben, what was unique no. in baseball?
4: Ben, what was unique in a movie? <laughs> give me a great answer. You got a shot to win this prize here today.
3: Yeah, I do. I got a great answer, Joe, and it's uh, Schindler's List. At the end credits, the little girl in the red yeah, coat. Yeah, dude.
4: Now say that, I don't get it. What's the, I get the, the little, little
5: girl in the red coat at the end. Right. The whole movie's in black and white. At the
4: very end, the credits, they have the one girl in red. Well, she, it's, well, she's in red during the movie. I mean, maybe it's also, during the movie, like the scene, the scene where the, the, the Germans are coming through into the town, you is see she in her. red too? Yeah, she's in red yeah, during the movie. I haven't seen Schindler's List in 20 Yeah, he 20, kind of I presented it It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean. But still, it is unique. Yes, the yes, he just kind of said it wrong. I mean, maybe it's also, I don't get the credits part, but during the movie, she's in a red dress. While Oscar Schindler is watching that town get get, it's awful. It's, it's an amazing movie.
2: Listen to every MLB game live. In the
6: deep left center field. It
9: is
2: high. It is far. It is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League.
6: Let's go to Matt right now. Matt, good morning,
4: buddy.
1: Hey, good morning. Um, Listen, there's other players talking besides CJ, uh, GJ, and what I mean by that is did you all see the free agent report card from the NFLPA and the Eagles got a D- minus for the locker room they got a B minus for how they treat their families, and I think they yeah. got a D. They got a C minus for locker room and a D for travel. And They're one of eight teams that don't give their players first class seats. Um, Treader said he doesn't want free agents to think of this as a report card, but I just thought it was interesting to circulate. They scored A plus on coaches, yeah. weight room, things like that. But uh, I-, I wonder what you all thought about that. They also said Lori was in the top 10 for owners that will hopefully do something about it one day. But uh, in terms of treating families and travel, I, I just always think of us as a little higher—I hate to say higher class—but just a, you know, a little higher organization than that. So, what
5: do you make of it? You played for them for a couple of years. There. Yeah. Well, uh, the travel thing—I can't imagine teams getting first-class seats for—I mean, all those guys. I, every every plane I ever flew on with the team, you have uh, a couple seats, but they're not first-class seats. Uh, I just can't imagine that that's something that you can grade them harshly. They're about. only
7: one of eight teams. I guess that's why that's so, they got a low. I mean, strange. so other teams do how it. How many
5: planes do you take? I mean, how huh? you you first class, I, I don't know. Well, you'd have
4: to basically create a plane with only first, place, that yeah.
5: first place seats. So I, I'm those. not going to get into the travel thing. I was impressed that these, these grades were by the players. Mm-hmm. You know, they were assessing their, their own situation. I thought it was a real positive that both the training staff and the strength staff were given an A-plus by the Eagles players. That That's yeah. pretty impressive. Those are coaches. Yeah. Those are coaches and athletic trainers, the people who we know have done a great job all season long. We talk about the luck that we had injury-wise. Part of this is they just they're doing a great job, and the players recognize that the players recognize they're getting, you know, prepared adequately, they're they're protected adequately against injury, and they trust those people. That's a big deal to me.
4: Although it's interesting, the C-minus in the training room, that could be old equipment.
7: They said not enough room to spread out.
4: Well, there you that, go. Yeah,
7: they, they feel like they need more room. I mean,
4: that thing was put together about 20 yeah. years ago, and maybe it's time to reconfigure it. Yeah. Uh, and, look, hey. I think it's – I'll tell you this, Matt. I think it's a great initiative by the NFLPA because what they do by presenting this stuff publicly – they put pressure on the 32 owners to make adjustments. And free
7: agents will look at that's this. A great they will. Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very, yeah, a very,
4: very point. smart move by the NFLPA.
1: Really, yes. That's a great point. Hey, John, let me tell you something. I just want to tell John something real quick. Hey, John, when you were talking about grunge yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I know Joe has his uh, dirty Phillies jersey that he never watches it from Fantasy Camp. But <laughs> in two weeks, it's the second time I've done it, I'm doing... Um, Rock Fantasy Camp where they throw you in a band and you play the Viper Room in the whiskey and I'm playing wow. on stage with Kim Thale of Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots. Wow, that's uh, amazing. you should do you should do it sometime. They put a position coach from the NFL in our band this time around. So it's people wow. from all walks of life doing it. So anyway, look it up. Rock fantasy camp. I met experience. Give me something unique in a movie. Nineteen twenty seven, the first talkie, the jazz singer.
4: Yeah, listen, that's a big answer. Big answer. You get talking in movies. Big answer right there. Let's go to Chris. By the way, Howard Eskin, speaking of answers, he'll give us answers. He'll probably give us more. Opinions.
5: Yeah. Not I just thought you were going to say speaking of talking, Howard Eskin. Yeah. Yes.
4: <laughs> speaking <laughs> of nonsense. No, we love the king. Howard Eskin will join us uh, every Thursday at 8 a.m.
5: So Howard coming up in 15 minutes. I think what Howard gives us is admonishment. I mean, he yes. comes after you. He'll tell you that you brought him on late. Yes. Uh, and complain about something. He sure will, man. But we can. Uh, it's, a, it's a, that. It's a battle. I, it's a battle every week. There's yes, it is. You guys <laughs> I, I I don't know if people realize both you and Rhea have worked for yeah. the man and you know his uh idiosyncrasies. We had to be separated most.
7: once. We got into a fight so bad. Wow. Bill Ziffer had to come down the hallway from the newsroom and separate Jeez. us and front what I was told, a note went into my employee file on it oh and was God. there for a long time.
4: Wow, how about that? <laughs> You all right, ever let's. Get
7: in a
5: fight
4: with him, Joe? Uh, I'm going to try to avoid that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But with Howard, you never know. <laughs> you can't help it. Sometimes you get. You just instigated. fight on air with him. Yes. So yeah, he starts it. I always finish it. I eventually just hang up on him. Let's go to Chris <laughs> right now in Delaware. Hi, Christopher.
8: Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, as a 30-year listener, I just want to congratulate all of you guys uh, for the seamless transition of power. You guys are all doing great. And I know it's probably difficult for all of you but you're doing fine
4: thank thanks, you sir Bruce. thanks so much buddy
8: no, no problem I'm, I'm driving a just real quickly I've got a joke at Joe the camera's expense and then I have a movie
1: oh boy bring it
8: my joke is what does Joe the camera's bedroom duties and Jonathan Gannon's blitz packages have in common
4: I can't wait I just I'm I'm on <laughs> bated breath here on well, the edge of my chair what's well, the answer well,
8: well, Although rarely, rarely, rarely deployed,
4: it usually ends in tears and disappointment. Wow. <laughs> what a line! Everyone just top of the week, right there. Here we go, whack a mole. This is, and this, Chris, is why I have the nickname the Human Pinata. It's people like you.
8: Yeah, because you, you, you can take it. You're, hey, although other double beds and stuff. You're a tough guy. And that, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my movie. Um, that I thought was pretty original on two two aspects. The uh, the hero, one of the heroes of the movie, uh, was a pregnant a pregnant police chief or sheriff, and the accent that we all use whenever we meet anyone from Minnesota uh, yeah. Fargo.
4: Yeah, so give me. I, I hear you. It is unique. But what specifically am I writing down for unique?
8: Okay the the use of the Minnesota accent in Fargo.
4: Sure. Okay, that that'll work. that, that is a good Really Interesting answer. It is an interesting answer. Yeah. I mean it's so over the top and yeah. it is a good movie. I didn't love it, but it's good and, and it, it is I the first really thing loved it. A lot about. of people yes. do love it.
5: Yeah, a lot oh, of people. hey, Margie. Yes. Yeah, that's it. The first thing you think yes.
4: of. <laughs> no, it's, it's a it's it's a very, very good answer. Let's talk to uh Rich right now in Haddon Township. Hi Rich.
3: Good morning, how are you? Great, Rich. Okay, so John, you you play pro and I played played in college. coaches actually have conversations with players behind closed doors where rarely nobody knows what's going on. So how do we know that Thompson didn't have this conversation already with Wheeler?
5: I'm sure they've had some derivation of this conversation. I would guess that I do not want my manager uh, groveling at the, at the feet of a pitcher saying, Oh, I'm so sorry for what I've done. I think Zach Wheeler understands it was in the team's best interest at the time and and Joe's missing the boat on this thing.
3: And 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 if you do that, you're going to open up a can of worms like you said on yeah. every other player every time they have a grudge wanting a public apology sure. from Not
4: public, no, well, not public, private, private apology and Rich, what have other have...
5: players should be apologized to? For for, for probably the no World one series. else.
4: Probably no one else? Really? Yeah. No one else. No one else. I mean, Rich, think of it this way. Here we'll here Here's what I'll, I'll say. You one of you guys just said something about you open up. Uh, Would you say open up what? A can of worms. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what you think opens up a can of worms more: apologizing and the theoretical possibility that that leadership is undermined and authority is undermined, or not apologizing and opening up a can of all sorts of problems that potentially broken trust is not mended. I mean, Rich, if you're Zach, <laughs> Rich, if you're Zach Wheeler. Oh my gosh! No, on Rich, wow. if you're Zach Wheeler, you you trust your manager? Broken trust is yes. I wouldn't, I would not trust him. I'd say Skip, I'm the you worst. You no longer
5: trust Rob Thompson. You no <laughs> not, longer not, think, not as much. Wow. As you yeah, no longer think his instincts are good crazy. for baseball.
4: It doesn't mean his instincts aren't good. It it means in in the big spot, you did not trust me to get that series of outs that I still could have got. You know
7: where you might know that it, that there was a conversation if the next time he goes, I'm not saying in April. But I'm saying maybe in a late playoff push game, he goes out and talks to Wheeler sure. before he pulls I it. agree with you. And listen, Reed, to your point,
4: yeah. you used the, phrase, the word conversation. Yeah. There's different levels here of this. There's addressing it with someone. There's a sort of a deep conversation. There's an apology. They're all not the same mm-hmm. thing. But it's some form of communication to, to say, hey, this happened. Let's discuss it in some form and fashion. Let's move on. I think the worst of the worst would be if there was no discussion at all. All That's fine. Then you have to say the same thing for Sirianni with the C.J. Gardner thing right now. Well, it's why we're tying it in today, because the Gardner-Johnson thing. Listen, I think, look, this goes in a lot of ways. Yes, the Eagles' current players or to-be players next year that are active free agents right now, they could look at Sirianni and say, dude, you let us down with Gannon. That is possible. I don't think Sirianni should apologize to them. I do think if they're really frustrated, Sirianni should privately say, Guys, I'll level with you. I wasn't happy with the defensive coordinator's job either. You gotta well, level you with people. In that. Why you not? Can't,
3: you can't do that either. So you, you gotta have a
4: grumbling do- locker room and you don't own up to it?
3: Who says it has to be a grumbling locker room, but you can't just go. Well, 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 but Rich, Gardner Johnson went to way. Twitter yesterday.
4: So obviously there's some degree of a grumbling locker
3: room. Oh, I agree with that. So you're just going to, like, let it fester? No, you're not going to let it fester, Joe. But you, you have a conversation, but not the way you're putting it. It really – it has to be done a lot more – I don't know – diplomatically tactfully whichever the case may be you can't just go and throw your defensive your ex-defensive coordinator under 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 the bus like yeah, that might de- yes might, might, depend, on, might I depend on how mad
5: the players are i look i i think this is like the easy out i i think that they are going to throw him under the bus mm-hmm. i think the players already are i think this is probably yeah. the easiest path like the path of least resistance for the organization now right, Rich, give me a great answer. Look,
4: it's a fascinating phone call here, man. Give me a great answer on something unique from a movie. Okay, so I'm going to go with the crying game when the girl became a guy. The crying game. You got it. So again, we're not looking for so much plot twist. That would be a plot twist.
7: Just something unique, right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean
5: that was the It's unique. Shocking ending. That was the I mean, I remember that being one of those endings everyone talks about. Sure. I mean, it is unique, but, there's a, yeah, I, I get it.
4: I, I get you. It's a little
7: unique. It is. I don't yeah.
5: I don't disagree with that.
4: Let's go to uh, – let's talk to Chris right now. Hi, Chris.
9: Hi. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, fellas. What's morning. up, Chris? Uh, uh, you guys, listen, it's a great show, and Thanks, I want to try to help you. But first we have to address what happened at the Wells Fargo Center last night. Yep. With the Ranger fans booing every time our boy touched the puck.
4: You know, it's funny. I thought you were going to say that yeah. the game not even being on TV there for that was amazing. Yeah,
9: no, nah, nah, yeah. nah. nah, no, that that too, but you can't you can't have that. Somebody's got a gritty, he got where was gritty? He was hiding. I don't know, you cannot have that. You can't have somebody booing your own boy in their own building. You can't have that. Listen, that he, made me but sad.
4: but Chris, well, the, listen. Know this, Chris. Okay. If the Flyers were a hotter ticket to, you know, Philadelphia sports fans, you'd have less Rangers fans there. Well, so they, maybe the Flyers they, should get their act together, put a better product on the ice, not lose every game, and then maybe you'd actually have 20,000 people from, you know, the Philadelphia area that choose to go.
9: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, mean, though, it's, and I respect your opinion on that, but I'm a hockey guy. I lived in the Midwest, you know. I'm, yep. Yeah, I did all that. So that's why I'm understanding. I was South Philly's first minor league pro player wow. back in the day. So that's why awesome. I like listening to you now. I'm up in the morning. I'm just getting ready to go to mass. So I wanted to mention about the movie. Here's my movie Yes, sir. Go ahead. Used cars, when they break into Nixon's speech, and they do the advertising commercial for it, the two brothers having trouble with each other with it, the car lots across the street and that the state wants to put a a state highway through one of them okay i don't know if you ever seen the movie used cars you gotta watch it
4: we will perhaps check it out chris appreciate the Uh, phone call buddy
9: thank you you got it
4: pal appreciate that (sighs)
0: spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact